So I was told to go to Wendell's. What is Wendell's? That's Wendy's. Oh, okay. That's news to me. I had no idea that was Wendell's. You're welcome. Thank you. You uncultured swine. Yep. But anywho, I was told to go there. Okay. And try that new uh, mozzarella chicken sandwich. I didn't even know they had that. It's dog shit. I would assume so. It was awful. I would assume and that then, it's dog So shit. my wife got that, and I got the, you can also get the mozzarella burger, because I already knew Wendy's chicken isn't that good. And they didn't even put the mozzarella piece on my burger. <laughs> so you just got a burger? I just got a burger with no cheese, no ketchup, nothing. It was awful. Was it just the patty? I mean, the, the patty was there, and the bread that they're supposed to make the chicken sandwich thingy with was there, too. But uh, the did, whole point of the mozzarella part was gone. Did you stay at the gone. front of the Wendy's? No, I just left, and I'll never go there again. Well, I would be like, I paid for this fucking sandwich. I demand a free sandwich. I really didn't want to go back. I just got home. I've been gone all day. Oh, I didn't know. If, like, did you never check your food? Right? See, I don't get fast food that often, but when I do, I check it at the beginning. I have been getting a lot of fast food lately in the past few months. Me and uh, Nikki have been fucking up some checkers, but I believe in mm, checkers. I do love me some checkers. Yeah. Ne- checkers never disappoint. They never disappoint. They don't fuck up on accident. If they, they fuck did up it, on you purpose. were meant to have it. <laughs> you pissed them you off. You were meant to have that. Well, dude, my bad that when we're When I was uh, doing my cut, I yeah. was watching Supernatural, and there was a part where what he was eating looked like checkers, and I started like... My mouth has some saliva coming out of it. See, I can't watch it any, dude. I'm like, God damn. I want to eat that shit so bad. It looks so good. But we are the Dweller Archives. We are. My name is Aiden. Father Aiden. No, just Aiden. Father Aiden. You keep on trying to make this. You know, we're both doing this ordained. We are. Running it. I mean, we're both ordained. We are. And we're soon to be demonologists. Demonologists. You know, that's cool. But... I'm just Aiden, guys. I'm just Aiden today. I well, actually, I'm Aiden. The going to be getting sleep soon after this podcast because your boy's driving to Texas tomorrow, and then back, and then up to Look West Virginia. So I'm not excited for that. I don't blame you. I yeah. wouldn't be excited either. It's not gonna be fun. And, Sounds uh, awful. So I decided to wind down by attempting to play a game of Fortnite. To oh, see how God. much has changed, and just the, all that the game really fucking sucks. It has not gotten better since it, there is the no build mode, which I gave a go, which I respect because game there should be no fucking building. I think uh, the game's just pretty. So the thing I have to say about that game, it's just pretty. I'm not mad. You're not I'm mad. Just That's, disappointed. You're just disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed myself too. Okay, so <laughs> last week. We covered the man in 1046, well, the murder in 1046. We did. We had a lot of... So therefore, you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong. We had a lot of responses back to that one and a lot of theories. And everyone has pretty much said the same thing, that it was a a mafia mob hit. Because it was that was big at that time. Yes. That was your theory. Yeah, I texted it to you like afterwards. Like, I know you're like, day. dude, like, why did? And you were like, what about the mom? And then I sent you the screenshot. Yeah, and that was my fault because I did write that script. Um, what a really dick. high on painkillers, <laughs> but now like this research I've done is not on painkillers, and it's done moderately correctly. We're progressively getting better with the drugs. podcast. What? <laughs> I said it was on normal drugs. Yeah, it was on normal drugs. Well, I don't do drugs, so. <laughs> you know, whoever's listening, I don't do drugs. Yeah. But today, we're covering the boy in the box, one of. <gasps> we're not this, talking about your Christmas present. Better, dude, shut the fuck up. That would up. be a little awkward. You just keep a child in a box under the tree. <sighs> it shakes a little bit. It's like the new version of Annabelle. Wait, are you talking about Megan? No. Have you seen the commercial for Me- or the I trailer have. for Megan? She ain't got shit on Anna. She, she ain't got shit on Annabelle. Mm-mm. She's like the the new Chucky. 
Because Chucky was like Chucky a robot, either. right? And then Megan's Chucky's a robot. So much better. Yeah, I agree. But Chucky was just a toy. Yeah, I know that. And Megan's supposed to be like what a a best like an friend AI doll? robot. Yeah, like an AI very, robot. Like, intelligent. Is it out yet? Can we watch it? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'm excited. I, I really want to watch it, but I think it's you just. You know what a- I'm excited for? What? Cocaine Bear. I am excited for Cocaine Bear. Dude, we're getting so off topic. So That's today okay, we're covering we the boy in the box. All right, this is Phil, one of Philadelphia's biggest, most unsolved cases. And the child was never named until literally Thursday, last Thursday. We're going to get into that. But right now we have to take an ad break from our sponsor. A so, very thirsty Colton. Yeah, enjoy sounds from a very thirsty Colton. Welcome to therapy with Father Aiden today. Okay, we'll do the bull. I'll, I'll bite. What's up? Oh, we're just talking about how you're being a little bitch. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> That's how I get myself in trouble. <laughs> but like I said before, today we're covering the boy in the backs of one of Philadelphia's oldest unsolved cases it's been well over 60 years until last week so we decided it's time to give this one you know a little dwell archives in your ear it sounded gross didn't it just a little bit just a little bit you're in your ear unlike the last episode i will include information in the beginning of this episode like the year and location because it was also pointed out, even though I did correct myself later on, I guess someone listened to the majority of the episode, and then they were like, you didn't include the year, and then they were like, oh, wait, no, you did. It was just later. So we're doing no, that. actually, you brought that up last time. Yeah. Said you were going to add it to the beginning, but you still didn't add I it didn't, to the dude. beginning. I did, dude. I was so fucking tired. The episode had to go up the next day. <laughs> we're getting it up. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to get it. We're getting it right this time, okay? My apologies. But before we get into the episode, I want to say that we got our sources for this episode by allthatisinteresting.com slash boyinthebox by Katina Fraga, Wikipedia, and various other articles that you could find pasted in the goddamn Discord. So be sure to join the fucking Discord. Do it. Come, come. Come, come. We need you guys in there. You guys will know when things go live immediately before the world does. You'll be pinged. All right, we do with the at everyone. Everyone is pinged. Also, you'll be pinged when we go live on Twitch or YouTube. Probably just going to be YouTube once we figure all that shit out. Um, we yeah. have, uh, we just update shit immediately in there. And Discord, you're immediately known because everyone is added. You're pinged. The information is shot straight to your phone. So, are we ready to fucking do this? We have we a lot of theories. Ready. This is a very theory heavy focused episode. And then me and you are going to talk about it at the end about what we think, okay? Okay. All right. On February 23rd, 1957, at La Sea College, we're probably going to get corrected on that. I don't know if that's the correct way to say it. Someone's going to say something or say something to me or Colton. But it's located in Cedarbrook, Philadelphia. And this is where the boy in the box was discovered. A student discovered him by accident when he was in the area hoping to catch a glimpse of these girls enrolled at the Sisters of Good Shepherd, which is a home for wayward youths. He was a fucking peeping Tom, if you didn't gather that. If he's trying to catch a He was a Tina. He was a Tina? What's a Tina? From Bob's Burgers. Was she a peeping Tom? She was. She drilled a hole down at the bottom in the men's locker room where she could see their feet. I never, I don't remember that episode. It's in the very beginning. It's like season two. The only reason I remember that is because I was watching it recently. I just started over again. It's like my background show now. But instead of, you know, peeping, we'll see in some, some ladies, he noticed a box in the underbrush. Though he saw the boy's head, the student mistook it for a doll and went on his way. When he heard it's about a missing girl. doll. Yeah, it's a big, like, I don't know, maybe a porcelain doll, you know? You think they made massive, like, bobbleheads back then? It, well, like it, they had, like, the boy, human-sized pops back then. They actually do, they do have human-sized pops. Well, not, like, human, they have, like, baby-sized pops. That's terrifying. Yeah, there's a new store at the Mall of Georgia, it's, like, Poppin' Beard, which I, I don't, I don't get this. the beard part, 
but they have like giant pops there. It's like a pop exclusive store. Ah, dude, it's so fucking cool. You have to go there. I was there Christmas shopping, and everyone looked at me weird when I walked in, because, oh god, I apparently I look like someone that would not buy a giant pop, and I, I wouldn't. Uh, but it was really cool to look at. I was really really digging it. But get I'm back to walk in there and see what they say. They'll probably you're well. You seem like the guy that worked there. <laughs> He was like just mean mugging me the entire time. I was like, shit, <laughs> I'm like, not going to steal guy. anything. He knew you were an asshole. I'm not an asshole. I'm telling you. I told you. We look like douchebags. That's why he mean mugged Do you think you. that's it? Because I was in Michael Kors trying to buy something, and oh, the lady yeah. immediately exactly. had a fucking attitude with me. And I was like, what's your problem? Douchebag. What? He thinks you're a rich douchebag. I was wearing sweatpants. Shoes that, that a dog chewed on, and like a, a shirt that had white dog hair on it. Okay, maybe he thought you were homeless. I did have my orange beanie on that looks like it's gone through the ringer. <laughs> but anyway, the dude thought he saw a doll's head. All right, he thought it was a doll. He mistook it, and then he went on his way. When he heard about a missing girl from New Jersey, he returned to the scene on February 25th, found the body, and called the police. That's two days. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that this dude didn't do it. I get it. But this it's stupid. I think it's stupid that he didn't immediately go, like, what's in the backs? Because porcelain dolls are worth a lot of money. I would have immediately opened the backs. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And then I would have, like, oh, I'm going to sell this porcelain doll. That up oh, body. <laughs> so, he, I don't know. That, this I'm going to sell this body. <laughs> I bet the Catholic Church will buy him. Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> As the Associated Press reports, police responding to the scene found the body of a boy between the ages of four and six years old in a JCPenney box that had once contained a bassinet. He was naked and wrapped in a flannel blanket, and investigators determined that he was malnourished and had been beaten to death. Side note, I had no idea JCPenney's was this old. JCPenney's is old as shit, man. I- I had no idea. I, I was just like, holy shit, a JCPenney box. How did you not know that? I don't know. I, I know a lot of useless information. fucking time. What year is this again? This is I, like 1957. Well, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure JCPenney's has been around, I want to say at least early 50s, maybe even mid 40s. Jesus Christ. I had no idea, dude. This has been around for a long fucking time, man. So going back, <laughs> once again, Omer, the first officer to arrive on the scene, stated... This one was the one that bothered everyone. Then the race to identify the boy in the box began. For the next six decades, detectives pursued thousands of leads in order to identify the boy in the box. And they started with the boy himself. An investigation of his body revealed that this sandy hair had been recently and crudely cut. WFTV9 reports that clumps of hair were still in his body leading some to believe that his killer had tried to disguise his identity. Investigators also found scars on his ankle, foot, and groin that appeared to be surgical, and his feet and right hand were pruny, suggesting that he'd been in water, according to WFTV9. To me, this sounds like, I know this sounds crude to say, but the boy went out like Rasputin. Like, he just would not go down. Is that fucked up to say? I, I made the comment about the Catholic Church. I yeah, so we're, I mean, we're not fine. I guarantee we're going to have a lot of people <laughs> listen to this episode. We're a very crude podcast, by the way. If this is the first time you're ever listening, we apologize. We are going to try to respect. I apologize our, for nothing. Yeah, he apologized for nothing. <laughs> I apologize for everything because we are going to respect the dead here. Uh, this is a very sad case. Died. What? I don't remember how he died. We just talked about it. Did we? Yeah. No, Rasputin? Oh, Rasputin? Oh, I'm talking about, I'm apologizing for the fucking, saying the kid went out like Rasputin. But how did Rasputin die? Dude, about 30 remember. different fucking ways. He was poisoned, shot, stabbed, like, there, and then he just refused to go down. Yeah, but did he, is that actually he how drowned. he died, or were those all attempts? There was all within 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, no, damn. within an hour. <laughs> Dude, well, we're going to do Rasputin one day. Don't worry. But that's a story for another day. But dude went out hard. Um, but yeah, so the, to me, this just seems like 
I don't know, they tried to drown the kid or maybe the kid was kept in water, surgery of some kind, and, and then beat him to death. The, I don't, I don't know. know. This is just I very... I don't, unless they tortured him. I don't think they tried to drown him. Well, he had been, his hands are pruny. He's obviously been in water. Well, at some point, yeah. You know what? They, they could have given him the best day ever. I mean, besides the the surgery, because if he's got <laughs> like he got maybe they took him to the pool, got his haircut, gave him a good dinner. I don't know any kid that thinks getting your haircut is the best day ever. Maybe just make him look nice. Yeah, I fucking hate getting my haircut. All right, that's a stupid idea. Going back to the episode, <laughs> but despite these clues. A facial reconstruction and hundreds of thousands of flyers that were distributed across Pennsylvania, the boy's identity remained unknown. The Associated Press reports that detectives chased numerous leads, including that he was a Hungarian refugee, a kidnapped victim from 1955, and even related to local carnival workers. Over the years, some leads seemed better than others. Now, the refugee part makes sense. A little bit. Like, if he was, say he was snuck, or any, like, any at all, if he was snuck into the U.S., maybe Are you going to do in a fucking JCPenney like, box? Maybe. No. <laughs> I mean, you never know. There's so many ways to get over here. And, like, a lot of these people are murdered anyways when they get over here because they want more money. This is 19... Oh, well. Even back then, they're doing yeah. the same shit. Pretty much, yeah. It's just not as many people. And they can get away with it better. But yeah, I mean, like in the last episode, I mean, the, the guy just said his name was something completely differently. I mean, mm-hmm. something completely different and just got away with it for like a long ass time. They did, like there was really no way to really check ID back then. Yeah. So we have a bunch of theories. We have about five theories we're oh. going to be covering. This is the 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 biggest part of the episode here guys this is the meat fan of theories this is the meat and this is what we're about we doubt this is the arby's this is the arby's we have the meat we're gonna get into this and then we're gonna cover what happened last week hell yeah Batman! so theories about the boy in the box theory number one take it away colton this theory concerns a foster home that was located approximately 1.5 miles 2.5 2.5 kilometers for all you kilometer using bitches. Yep. From the side of the body. In 1960, Remington Bristow, an employee of the medical examiner's office, who doggedly <laughs> pursued the case until his death in 1993. Damn, that's a long fucking time. Yeah. Contacted a New Jersey psychic who told him to look for a house that matched the foster home. When the psychic was brought to the Philadelphia Discovery site, she led Bristow directly to the foster home. Upon attending an estate sale at the foster home, Bristow discovered a bassinet similar to the one sold at JCPenney. He also discovered blankets hanging on the clothesline that were similar to the one in which the boy's body had been wrapped in when they discovered him. Bristow believed that the boy belonged to the stepdaughter of the man who ran the foster home and that they disposed of his body so the stepdaughter would not be exposed as an unwed mother. So that doesn't make sense to me, though, because if it's a foster home, they could just lie to the kid and say they don't know who his yeah, mother is. That's why I was like, mm. like, it's, it's that simple. Like, you just say you don't know who the mother is, then no one would ever know. Yeah. It's very, it's still very shitty, but I mean, at least he's not dead. Exactly. However, the police have established or had established that all the foster children were accounted for. And a re-examination by police investigators confirmed that the family were likely not involved. In 1998, Philadelphia Police Lieutenant Tom Augustine, who was in charge of the investigation, and several members of the Vidocq Society. I'm guessing that's what it is. Yep. A group of retired policemen and profilers. This sounds like a bunch of old people that have nothing better to do with their life. Just like it's like 1998's Keyboard Warriors. 
Just yeah. sit there. People with nothing better to do with their yeah. lives. It's like an HOA. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them HOA people. <laughs> Interviewed the foster father and the stepdaughter whom he had married. Well, that's a little, a little weird. Yeah. The foster home investigation was closed. I just want you to know. If a group of retired police officers and profilers came to interview me about a kid, I'd probably tell them to fuck off. Yeah, I'd just say, dude, like, you're not. I don't even know you. You're not important. Let me see <laughs> no your badge. Oh wait, you're retired. Yeah, leave me the fuck alone. You have no reason to be here. That's how I'd handle the situation, but that's just me. <laughs> so theory number two. Another theory was brought forward in February 2002 by a woman identified only as Martha or M. Police considered her story to be plausible, but were troubled by her testimony, as she had a history of mental illness. (laughs) Martha claimed that her abusive mother had purchased the unknown boy, whose name was Jonathan, from his birth parents in the summer of 1954. Subsequently, the boy was subjected to extreme physical and sexual abuse for two and a half years. One evening at dinner, the boy vomited up his meal of baked beans and was given a severe beating with his head slammed against the floor until he was so, uh, semi-conscious. God damn. Yeah, dude. Like, that reminds me of the Hulk going against Loki. I love baked beans. Oh. So that's why we're going goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> he was <laughs> He was given a... <laughs> We're so bad, dude. <laughs> he was given a bath during which he died. These detailed matches information known only to police as the coroner had found that the boy's stomach contained the remains of baked beans and that his fingers were water-wrinkled. Martha's Wait, mother- so you're saying the aftermath of this... Is when they gave him the bath. Yeah, after he had his so head So the injuries he in. sustained during that is what killed him. Yeah. Huh. Martha's mother cut the boy's distinctive long hair, accounting for unprofessional haircut, which police noted in their initial investigation, in an effort to conceal his identity. Martha's mother forced Martha to assist in dumping the, body, dumping the boy's body in the Fox Chase area. Martha said that they were preparing to remove the boy's body from the trunk of a car. A passing male motorist pulled alongside to inquire whether they needed help. Martha was ordered to stand in front of the car's license plate to shield it from view while the mother convinced the would-be Good Samaritan that there was no problem. The man eventually drove off. This story corroborated confidential testimony given by a male witness in 1957 who said the body had been placed in a box previously discarded at the scene. In spite of the outward plausibility of Martha's confession, police were unable to verify her story. Neighbors who had access to Martha's house during this stated time period denied that there had ever been a young boy living there and dismissed Martha's claims as ridiculous. All right, so this is my thing on this. Don't trust psychics. Don't, like, quote, like, Psychics, quote unquote, don't trust them. They're fucking con artists. Every single one of them. If you're really psychic, you're not telling anybody. Yeah, dude. I I mean, you talked about this. Didn't we talk about this on the phone? Oh, yeah. Like, I'd be a villain. (laughs) I would 100% like I would know shit and I would not tell anybody anything. I would actually use my psychic abilities to blackmail somebody. If I bumped into somebody and I knew they were, like, I saw that they were cheating on their wife, I'd be like, 10 grand right now, or I'm telling your wife. Immediately, like, without all hesitation. I got 10 bucks, man. What? I'd be like, all I got is 10 bucks. I'll take it. I'll give me every fucking penny that you have. <laughs> it's not the amount, it's what it means to me that you now have nothing. <laughs> like,. That's how I know. Like, so I mean, there could be real psychics out, psychics out there that keep it, their shit to themselves and like play the like the long con or like the small small psychic game where they're like, all right, I know which card to pull out of the lottery thing 
It's gonna. I'm gonna get a thousand dollars today. Yeah, you know, that's maybe. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. If I was psychic, I'd play the fuck out of the lottery. Yeah, but I would do scratch offs. Yeah, you don't want to do like the massive one. Yeah, they bring too much attention to yourself. I've you could do the scratch offs like every day, win like 115 to 200 bucks, not bring attention to yourself. Yeah, and go to multiple different gas stations. Yeah. So uh, Martha is probably full of shit, and everything was just a coincidence that she said. I mean, it's pretty crazy coincidence. Don't get me wrong, but she's known to have a mental illness. She probably had abusive parents right off the rip and just added everything in. Theory number three. Forensic artist Frank Bender developed a theory that the victim may have been raised as a girl. The child's unprofessional haircut, which appeared to have been performed in haste, was the basis for the scenario. If you're judging your whole theory off of a haircut. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. But anyway, anywho, as well as the appearance of the eyebrows having been styled. In 2008, Bender released a sketch of the unidentified child with long hair reflecting the strands found on the body. In 2016, two writers, one from Los Angeles, California, Jim Hoffman, and the other from New Jersey, Louis Romano, believed they had discovered a potential identity from Memphis, Tennessee, and requested that the DNA be compared between the family members and the child. The lead was originally discovered by a Philadelphia man who introduced Romano and Hoffman to each other and was developed and presented with the help of Hoffman to the Philadelphia Police Department. And the Vidoc, that no one cares about, rem- remember that, no yep. one cares about the Vidoc Society. If you don't have a badge, you can't interview me. Yep, no one gives a you shit. can't pull me In over early like, questions. <laughs> In December 2013, Romano became aware of the lead and agreed to help the man from Philadelphia and Hoffman to obtain the DNA from this particular family from this particular family member in January 2014 which was sent quickly to the Philadelphia Police Department local authorities confirmed that they would investigate the lead but said they would need to do more research on the circumstances surrounding the link to Memphis before comparing DNA in December 2017, Homicide Sergeant Baum Colmer, Colmer, Comer, <laughs> Comer, confirmed that DNA taken from the Memphis man was compared to the Fox Chase boy, and there was no connection. You know what I get out of this theory? What? That the Vidoc has no power here. And don't base your theory off of long hair. Yeah, that was stupid. That'd yeah, be like me going in being like, I'm a veteran. I can protect you. You're the last person I want to protect me. <laughs> be like me going in like, I have power here. You don't. You didn't serve. What? No one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. I'd be like, okay. No one cares. I'm going to keep doing no, what I was doing no now. Are you done? <laughs> I'm going to sit exactly. there and be such a like, dick. Even if you were still enlisted, like, I don't care. I don't. I just don't care. Sorry. <laughs> you have no power here. Theory number four. In 1961, Philadelphia investigators questioned Kenneth Dudley and his wife Irene Dudley to determine if the boy in the box had been one of the middle-aged couple's ten children. It's ten, by the way. I don't know. That is ten years of being pregnant. That is fucking insane. The entire family would travel up and down the country alongside Kenneth as he looked for work. But the Dudleys came to the attention of the law enforcement. One of their children, a seven-year-old Carol Ann, died as a result of neglect, malnutrition, and exposure. It's pretty much they had their kid just outside, hungry as fuck, and not giving a shit. Instead of burying their young child's body in a cemetery, the couple wrapped their daughter in a blanket and placed her body in a wooded area in Virginia. These people fucking suck. That is awful. It then emerged that seven of the family's ten children starved to death and none of them received proper burial. 
Seven of the ten children starved to death. That is fucking bad. Like, this is absolutely insane. After questioning the Dudleys and watching their movements, the... After questioning the Dudleys and watching their movements, the cops determined that the couple were not linked to the boy in the box, but they should still fucking rot in prison. I agree. Fuck them. Fuck them. Or these people should honestly be like brought out into the square. I don't know if Philadelphia has like a main square or wherever town they're at has a square and, and publicly executed. But that's just my opinion. I'm okay with this. Theory number five. In 1955, three-year-old Stephen Craig Damon was kidnapped outside a supermarket. As descriptions of both of the boys are similar, police explored the theory that they could both be the same person. X-rays, footsteps, and medical records were researched as officers attempted to bring the case to a close. Despite speculation... It's unlikely that two victims were the same person due to a number of key differences. While the boy in the box didn't appear to be struggling with any organ problems, Stephen was under treatment for kidney growth when he was kidnapped. Investigators also couldn't find Stephen's distinctive freckle on the back of the, the boy's calf. However, cops learned that Steve had broken his arm before his disappearance, while the boy in the box has no fractures. Their footprints also didn't match, and in 2003, when DNA experts were able to provide evidence from the two boys, no matches were made. The unknown child's body was buried in a potter's field, with cops paying for his funeral, but his body was exhumed, in 1998, so experts could gather DNA evidence. Thus, the decades passed and the boy in the box remained unidentified, but all that changed in December 2022. Mm. When investigators in Philadelphia announced that they could finally give him a name. My mom has been following this for like a long time. This is her story. Like she, this and the Sean Hornbeck story, which is something that we're going to talk about one day. That's another very, very sad case we're going to try to cover. The Boy in the Box has been something my mom has talked about for years and years. And they have a gravestone for him called the Boy, in the, like the unnamed boy. And so the goal has been for the past 60 something years to put a name on that gravestone. So on December 8th in 2022, Philadelphia Police Department Commissioner Danielle Outlaw announced, by the way, badass last name. That Outlaw, is a badass name. Announced a breakthrough in the case. The boy found dead in 1957, she said, was Joseph Augustus Zarelli. This child's story was always remembered by the community, she said. His story was never forgotten. As Outlaw and others explained during a police press conference, Sorelli was identified thanks to a genetic genealogy. His DNA was uploaded to a genetic database, which led detectives to relatives on his mother's side. After pouring through both records, they were able to also identify his father. They also learned that Zarelli's mother had three other children. If you guys are wondering how all this played out and how they got his DNA, let me explain the story, all right? Okay. It was nearly Christmas in 2017. Justin Thomas was doing some holiday shopping on Amazon when he saw a deal of the day for Ancestry.com and decided to buy a DNA activation kit for his girlfriend as a gift. But as soon after the kit came in the mail, they broke up, and Thomas figured, why not try it on himself? After taking the test, Thomas said he learned a little bit about his family's lineage. Many of his disrelatives hailed from Italy. He didn't think much more about it, he said. Then last year, while he was at work, this is 2021, Thomas said he got a random phone call from a woman who identified herself as Misty Gillis, a forensic genealogist and a cold case liaison with Identifinders International. She said he was a match to a cold case in Philadelphia, but she needed more DNA to crack the case. 
Thomas called his mom, who agreed to provide a sample. I walked my mom through it, said Thomas, a 40-year-old engineer who lives in the northeast Pennsylvania. On Thursday, Thomas said his sister texted him to say that Philadelphia police had just released the name of the boy in the box as Joseph Augustus Zareli. I feel sick, Thomas said to his sister. I saw Zareli and my mouth kind of hit the floor, Thomas said, recognizing a close family name. Thomas said his family believes that the boy is likely a first cousin to his mom. The last name of his mom's uncle is Zareli. His grandmother's brother is a Zareli. The Zareli family lived in West Philadelphia, born and raised, before moving to Delaware County, he said. Thomas was married with three-year-old twin girls, said he was stunned and heartbroken after reading about the boy and the horrific injuries he sustained. Now that I have two young girls and seeing his pictures and hearing the story, I'm really upset about it. Thomas said, it strikes home. It's horrible. I can't imagine. He said he was still processing the revelation. I wanted to talk to everyone in my family to try to understand, he said. My thing is, um, why the fuck did they not contact him and say, hey, this is what we found out before going public? Yeah. I think that's kind of fucked up. That's really fucked up, actually. I would have been, like, on someone's case if they did that to me. Oh, yeah, I'd be pissed. I was just like, hey, um, you know that DNA me and my mom provided? Yeah, just fucking found out what you used it for on national (laughs) television. A big heads up would be nice. I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you. But now they didn't get that. They just, the lady was like, hey, I need DNA. And then they went up with the story. But the investigators found that Joseph Augustus Zareli was born on January 13th. I'm a January 14th baby. All right. 1953, which meant that he was four years old when the body was found. Aside from that, however, the detectives were tight lipped. They explained that numerous questions still remain about Zareli's life and death. For now, the police are not releasing the names of Israeli's parents out of respect for his living siblings. They also refused speculation on who killed Israeli, though they noted, we have our suspicions. This is still an active homicide investigation, and we still need publics filling in this child's story. Outlaw said, the announcement only closes one chapter in this little boy's story while opening up a new one. So finally, there's going to be a name on the gravestone. Joseph Israeli. But now, after hearing all this information, Colton, what is your theory? I know you got one. Well, I can tell you what's not the theory. Okay. Definitely not the bullshit of the haircut. That's a very big bullshit one. That one's very bullshitty. Um, I mean, the kidnapper one makes no sense because they cut that one out real fucking yeah. quick. The abusive mother one. I can I can kind of see that. Like What'd you say household. his name was? What? They they said they named him. They named who? Oh, it was like in theory two. Martha named the boy's name was Jonathan, but his name was Joseph. So that's kind of close. Well, like I can kind of see that. I'm not saying a hundred percent. Yeah. But, like, that one would make sense. It makes sense why he's wet. If he was, like... But I don't... It doesn't really say, like, if the kid got in the tub on his own or if they put him in there to clean him up. They probably put him in there to clean him up. Because I feel like, at that point... Because you would know. Because he's not going to be responsive. Yeah. So I don't think you would be putting him in the bath after... I mean, they, they could. And I think the foster one's bullshit. Well, all right, so... The only theory we have in here that I can kind of see is the abusive family. Because the foster one makes no sense, because you could easily just be like, this is another one of the foster kids. Yeah. Somebody left it on our doorstep, because they know that's what we do. Because, like, that was very common. Especially in, like, the 50s. That was very common in the 50s. All right. So I have a, I have a weird take on this one. The, yes, the psychic Martha, or M, she had a, she nailed a lot of things. She said that his last meal was beans, 
They the coroner said, mm. "Holy shit, yes, the last meal was beans." I do like some beans. He is uh, the way his injuries were did coincide with what the coroner said, and they said that this is the only information that the police knew. So it's kind of weird that she knew it. And his the name sidekick? was Joseph, but they called him Jonathan. Oh. The, Is that one the psychic one? Yeah, that's the psychic one. So there's a lot of similarities, and I I think that that one could be true, and they renamed him to to Jonathan instead of Joseph to kind of like make him a part of their family. That is a possibility. Maybe. Fucking maybe, and that's a hard maybe. But what I think is going on is it's kind of like a Casey Anthony situation. This is what I think, that the child was born out of wedlock. The mother did not want to take care of the child. Clearly, it was injured. I mean, I, not it. clearly the boy was injured. He had surgical scars all over him. He was like unkempt hair. And he was wet. His fingers were pruning. They just didn't give a fuck about him, and they just like they discard him in a J.C. Penney's box, like a like a bunch of kittens, you know. So I think it was from either that or the kid was obviously suffering from abuse, and the abuse went too far, and then they ditched the body in the woods. It just could come from shitty parents or a a, a mom that wasn't ready to be a, like to be a parent. That's what I think. I mean, or still, it's a bastard child. Either way. What? That's shitty parents either way. Yeah, shitty parents either way. Or it was a bastard child. There was another one, another theory that I didn't really want to include because I was digging and digging and digging for theories. And these are the most common. These are like brought up in almost every single article that, oh, these are the top five. There was one I was like, I don't know if I'm going to mention, but I'm probably, it, it does kind of make sense. The child is actually the child of a police officer. Of a, like he's a bastard child of a police officer, and he really knew how to clean everything up. Washed the kid, changed his hair, changed his identity in a little, like a little bit. So there's no way that it can really be connected to him in any shape or form. However... This is where the theory to me makes no sense is why didn't the mom speak up? Those are, those are pretty much my theories. The police one does make sense if there was a, a woman's body that was found and they had no idea. The, there's no way they can connect them or anything like that. That would make a lot more sense. Like take, for example, there is a distinguished man in the community that already has a family. Everyone loves him, respects him. Turns out he had a side piece, knocked up the side piece. Side piece came for, came to him, was like, I want money because I've been taking care of your child. Kid looks like him. He decided to end it. That would make sense if two bodies were found. But that's not yeah, the case. Yeah, but it's only one body, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that theory would... Make a lot of sense if. And the other part of that is, the mom would be like, "Hey, my kid's missing." Exactly. So and his I, father saw them. So in this situation, it's either an unwed parent that only one parent had the kid, so they can get away with this, or it's a neglectful family because someone would have spoken up about the child. I feel like neglectful because unless the other yeah. one didn't know about the kid at all. Then they're going to be like, hey, my kid's missing. Exactly. But we're going to be keeping our eyes on the story. There's going to be more announcements soon. Uh, I really wanted to cover this one. This is something I have been hearing a good bit of my life. My mom, this is one of the stories that like got me into true crime. Not necessarily this one, it's mainly my mom. This and the Sean Hornbeck uh, stories, what got my parents very, very involved in true crime and right when they said they got the name my mom's fucking calling me they got the name they got the name of the boy they're gonna release it and she's very fucking excited and she's calling me every day with her fucking theories and then we watched the press conference and my mom was just filled with joy knowing that there's gonna be a name on that fucking gravestone and i'm very happy too that they get they at least give him a name because i would be very pissed off if i died and no one knew who my name was. And on my gravestone was unnamed aggressive man. 
<laughs> I would know who it is. <laughs> That's Aiden right there. That's fucking Aiden. But so I'm, but I'm, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm going to let it stay that way. <laughs> I'm going to go to my grave knowing. And then on my gravestone, I'm just going to have them put, I know who the unnamed stone is. <laughs> His name was Aiden and he was a dick. No, I'm not putting the name. I'm oh, just going to okay. let them know that I knew, but they'll never know. <laughs> just, just leave like leave out my name was like, and he was an asshole, and then just yeah, like, be like, no, he hey. looked like a douchebag, and then just like, go. With I that. need to be buried next to him, and then my stone's literally gonna have an arrow, and it's gonna be like, I know what his name is. I wish, like, and I'm gonna tell them like, if they do it when I die, there'll be a piece of paper that will have your name on it, and that piece of paper will, will actually not say anything. It'll be like, I know his name, but I'm not sharing it. (laughs) No, they open it and it just says, no, you. (laughs) I'm going to be like, he deserves this. He's an asshole. I'm not that much of an asshole, though. That's the thing. Be like, he threw a cigar at someone. One dude! One dude! (laughs) I did, however, threaten somebody at uh, my fiance's Christmas party. (laughs) See, you were making it better and better. In my defense. All right, in my defense. It was that white elephant game. Yeah. And, dude, I actually saw something very similar to the situation that happened. It was on, like, a like a, an Australian TV show or whatever. Um, but so, like, the our, our friend's kid got a reindeer. Yeah. Right? A reindeer. I think like I a know nice what show you're talking about. What? You're talking about, um, fuck, I've seen this show. It's on Hulu. Yeah. It's a really good show, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> she got a reindeer. And, like, this is all she, like, it was in front of everybody. You can ask Nikki's friend who, this is their daughter. She gets the reindeer, and the guy walks up, an adult, and his wife wanted the reindeer. Made him go and get the reindeer from a, like, I think she's eight. Well, I'm not going to say her name. I'll bleep it out. Is eight Mm -hmm. years old. And the guy tries to take it out of her hand. And I was like, if you take that reindeer from this child, me and you are going to have a problem. And he stops and he looks at me and I gave him like a death stare. And he goes, I was just messing with her, man. And he walks away. And then his wife gets mad at him that he didn't get the reindeer. And he goes and picks up a box. He opens it. It's like a really shitty looking like tiny white Christmas tree. But I think I handled that respectively. <laughs> I, I did threaten him. But I handled it respectably. Respectively. That works. Uh, the name of that show is Mr. Inbetween, by the way. Is it really Mr. Inbetween? It's a really good show if Except you haven't watched it. In that show, it. Like, he fought the guy. I highly recommend it. He beat the he shit out of that guy. He just kicked him through a window. Yeah, through a fucking window. There was yeah, no windows where I was off. <laughs> he got his unicorn back. This was a reindeer. It's kind of weird how... It's the same <laughs> thing. It's a unicorn, reindeer. They're both fake. Well, no, reindeer are actually real. So are unicorns. No, 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 legit. You know, they're, they're real, right? Yeah, I'm fucking with you. Okay. But, like, the idea of what they do is fake. Oh, yeah. Well, if they try hard enough. <laughs> if they if they drink at least four beers and you no-balls them, they'll fucking do it. They'll do it. I mean, they'll go splat, <laughs> but they'll do it. If I get drunk enough and you nose-balls me, I'll be Santa for a day. I'll break into people's houses and leave shit. <laughs> uh, already, uh, like, okay, so I have another announcement. Um, I'm having a kid. Look at you. Yeah, you've known. You fucking know. <laughs> I put it in the podcast. You know, we'll wait till the end. Um, I'm having a kid, right? And so I've decided on Christmas. And this is the, like, we're, our next episode's Krampus, by the way. We're getting Krampus you know what out here. Do? What? When you move closer, I'm going to be your Santa Claus and you can be mine. This All way, right, if we the, get caught, milk, our kids would never know. The milk can't be milk. I hate milk. It has to be eggnog or some shit. That's... I've only had eggnog once, and it was gross. All right, well, put put a Guinness on my side. Just tell tell your kids, like, Santa likes Guinness. I'm just going to tell them straight up liquor. <laughs> Santa doesn't want milk. Two cookies, alcohol. two chewy chips ahoy, and a shot of Jameson. I'll fucking yeah. do that shit. I'm going to be like, the milk is for the cookies, the Jameson he drinks. <laughs> that's... I feel like that's fair. I'll bring, I'll come to your house and do presents. You come to mine. We like and we'll drive past each other on the way. <laughs> Stop, share a beer because we're fucking exhausted. <laughs> we'll go to like any bar that's open <laughs> at three a.m. <laughs> Our wives are like, where are they? They should be. It's like they're finally asleep. 
Me and you are just hammered at a bar, just going, "What? We should, we should probably fucking go home and open this goddamn <laughs> present." You put him under the tree. Oh god damn it! <laughs> I just got wasted. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be. I'm gonna be an awful father. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> But that is today's episode. Next episode is Krampus. Yes. Krampus. And we're doing that because I didn't realize that Christmas is next weekend. Yeah. We were going to be doing another one. (laughs) We're like, oh, God. (laughs) Holy shit. We got to do this. (laughs) Krampus uh, is next week. Very excited for that. We're going to start our uh, little educational journey of research tomorrow for Krampus. And we'll get that episode out for you and put it in your sweet ears. Sweet, sweet ear holes. It'll be great. Yep. So, yeah. Just let us in. Let us in. Join the Discord, like we stated earlier. Come, come. Come, come. If you haven't rated the podcast yet, go on Spotify, five stars, Apple, five star, and review. Just do it, guys. Fuck, I just hook up like a goddamn no champion. Good. We need you guys to do it. Let's get the podcast out there. And we would greatly appreciate it, all right? Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and, and uh, God damn it, it's hitting me hard. And Instagram, Dweller Archives. And yeah, that's that's it. That's all we have. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.